Hello, whether you're listening to us live here in Clubhouse or via the Blind Podmaker podcast, welcome to another edition of the Blind Podcasters Roundtable. It's Jonathan Mosen with you in Wellington, New Zealand. And if you are listening on the podcast, but you would rather be in Clubhouse and you're not on Clubhouse at the moment, if you have an iPhone, I would be happy to invite you. So for those listening on the podcast, drop me an email. Make sure your email has your mobile phone number in it because they text the invitations to you. And you can email me at Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at MushroomFM.com. Similarly, if you have any ideas for this Blind Podcasters Roundtable, perhaps you'd like to present on a particular audio editor or microphone or some technique relating to podcasting, it's great when we get a variety of voices. So do feel free to come forward and suggest an idea for presenting to the Blind Podcasters Roundtable. Nobody bites here as far as I'm aware. Not even the dogs. Just to let you know that we are building up our little reservoir of blind podcast promos. If you've not heard about this, the idea is that if you write to me, I will add you to our Dropbox folder of promos that blind podcasters have created promoting their shows. You're welcome to send me one of no more than 60 seconds in length, and I will add it. And then when you get yourself added to this Dropbox folder, it's an honesty system. You commit to playing other people's promos. And that way, as blind podcasters, we let the blind community know that we're all out there doing great things. It's a way for us to support one another. And that's always a good thing. Let's get on with it then. Because today I thought after a bit of discussion on our blind podcast creators email group, that it would be good to talk about screen reader demos. If you're not on that email group, by the way, and you would like to be, you can send an email to creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. That's creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. We had a bit of a discussion there about the best ways to do a screen reader demo, and we talked about a range of gadgets. So I thought I'd open it up and people can share their experiences. And I'll start us off. And I thought a good way to start would be to talk about things other than the technical stuff, which we will get to. But I've been recording these demos since about 1997, not too shy of a quarter of a century, which is quite a scary thing. And I've learned a lot through trial and error and also through listener feedback. So no matter how you go about the technicals of doing your screen reader demo, here are a few things that I've learned from trial and error and listener feedback to try and avoid. The first one and the most important one is not everybody is familiar with your voice of choice. This is about your audience and not you and respect your audience by having your screen reader speed, your text to speech engine speed set at a rate that everybody can understand. Also keep in mind, there is a fair chunk of people in the blind community who also have some degree of hearing loss, particularly those with congenital impairments. So you could be excluding a lot of people who are really interested in accessing the content that you've produced because you've got your speech cranked up too fast. Get it to a nice medium speed. Obviously, you do risk a similar frustration if you have it super duper slow. But I can honestly say that I have never turned a tech demo off because the speech was too slow. But I have certainly had people with their speech gabbling away to the point that because they were using a voice that I didn't understand, it was unintelligible. 
I would also encourage people to think about their choice of voice. You can get used to almost any text-to-speech engine if you use it often enough. One, for example, that I would personally avoid unless you absolutely have no other choice is eSpeak. eSpeak is an acquired taste. And I actually encountered a while ago some material that I was very anxious to listen to, and I had to give up on it because I don't have any screen reader that uses eSpeak. It's not something that I was familiar with. And it was going at a reasonable speed, and I could simply not understand a word that it said. In this day and age, when you've got access to some high-quality voices even built into Windows, there really is no excuse for going with a kind of a niche uh, voice that may cause some people difficulty in understanding it. Always think about your audience and reaching as many people as you possibly can. It's about them. It's not about us as creators. The next thing I would suggest you avoid is this habit that maybe was necessary in the days when we did have what we call the formant speech voices. They're not genuine humans that are sampled. They are literally synthetic voices. So sometimes back then, it might have been necessary to repeat everything that your text-to-speech engine was saying back to the listener. If you're using a good text-to-speech engine at a sensible speed, it is not necessary to do that anymore. And you're going to cause frustration. I have switched some otherwise usable screen reader demos off because every single time the text-to-speech engine said something, the person doing the demo repeated the speech back to me. It slowed it down and it takes a lot longer to get through the content this way. The next pet peeve that I got pinged for in my early days of screen reader demos, and I've never forgotten it, is don't talk over your text-to-speech engine. Now, it sometimes can be difficult to do that, but I've got some strategies to talk to you about in that regard soon. But it's you and the text-to-speech engine, never both at the same time if you can possibly avoid it. Next, respect the fact that there are so many things that a listener could be doing with their time, and yet they are doing you the honor of listening to you, and they want information from you. So don't waste their time. Try and get to the point as quickly as you can. And if you want to be perceived as an authority on whatever it is that you are demonstrating, then edit, edit, edit. If you are not sure what something does, find out. This is 2021. You should be able to Google. You should be able to contact support desks. Edit, edit, edit. Stop the recording. Find out the answer and then tell the audience clearly what this particular feature that you're demonstrating does. Listeners don't have time or patience to listen to you trying to figure out what it is that you are doing. Now, there may be some rare exceptions to this. One that comes to mind, for example, was the demo that I did of Face ID when the iPhone 10 came out. And I wanted to let that out unfiltered so that people could see the experience that I had as somebody who had never used Face ID before. And there was a lot of worry about it in the community. So I let that one go unedited. But typically, people listen to be taught. If that's not the case, and I suppose you could make an argument that says that it is an acceptable genre of content to say, okay, now I'm going to show you how I discover a new application or how I find my way around a new application. I mean, that's okay. There may be people who are interested in that, but a lot of busy people 
They just want the facts. They want to be shown how to use something. Don't disrespect their time by messing them around. Now we're going to start transitioning to some of the technical sides of this. It is important that the sound of your screen reader is balanced with the sound of your microphone. So try and keep an even balance between the two. There are various things that you can do to help this, including applying a little bit of dynamic audio compression, or if you are able to record in what I would consider to be the optimal environment, where you are on one track and your screen reader is on another track, then you should be able to normalize both you and your screen reader separately to the same LUFS value. I get a lot of inquiries from people who say to me, how do you get that lovely sound where clearly you're not holding a microphone up to anything, everything's direct, it sounds really good, and there are various ways to do that. Broadly speaking, you're going to have two scenarios. One is where the screen reader demo that you are doing of an application or something like that is on the same computer that you are recording with. So let's talk about some options there. Can you get away with not using a mixer for this? Absolutely you can. A mixer may add complexity you don't need, particularly if you're not ever going to be doing any live work. Now, there are some recording scenarios where a mixer is absolutely appropriate, but the time has long gone where it's essential. There are tools, particularly on the Mac side, that could allow you to do this whole thing in software. Audio Hijack Pro is a fantastic tool that allows you to manipulate audio, route it, record it separately, and you can do all sorts of great things. I did a demo of Audio Hijack Pro back in about 2015, so I'm sure it's well and truly out of date by now, but there may well be more up-to-date demos of Audio Hijack Pro. Rogue Amoeba is the name of the company that makes this for the Mac, and it's a product worth investing in. They're committed to accessibility. They really have a strong record on accessibility, and Audio Hijack Pro is very good. On Windows... There doesn't seem to me to be a piece of software that hits it out of the park in quite the same way as Audio Hijack Pro, but that just could be because I don't need it, because I have hardware that does the same thing, and I'll talk about that in a minute. I know that some people are still using a venerable old piece of software that's been around for a long time called Total Recorder from High Criterion Software. It's very reasonably priced. Every so often it does have some issues with some sorts of hardware, so you have to be careful about that. But I know some people are doing some very nice demos with Total Recorder. There's also virtual audio cables, which some people speak very highly of and I have not used for a very long time. So if anybody's got up-to-date knowledge on how that would work to get a screen reader demo done so that essentially you can record without any kind of cabling, then do let us know about how that works. And any other tool that you have used to record a screen reader demo in Windows without any special hardware you may be able to use a feature called Stereo Mix, which has been around for a long time. I think I first remember it popping up in Windows 98. Sometimes it still does pop up and sometimes it does not. And it can depend on the audio driver that's in use on your computer or for the audio peripherals that you are using. But if it's there, there is a process where you can choose Stereo Mix as your input. Make sure that you are listening to your microphone so that the microphone audio is coming through the output of your audio. Because what Stereo Mix essentially does is records everything that the sound car can hear. In fact, in the old days of creative labs and things like that, it used to be called what you hear. So it records everything that's coming through the output. 
So you've got to make sure that your mic is audible by turning on the listen to this device feature. And then you can record your screen reader and you. It has been many years since I've had to do this. And it is important to get the balance right between you and your text-to-speech engine because everything is on one track. You won't be able to adjust the volume separately once you are finished your demo. You may be able to manually select your text-to-speech and bring it up, but boy, that could be really time-consuming. So in that situation where you're recording everything to one track, you would want to do some test recordings and really be sure that the balance between you and your text-to-speech is right. Now, if you have to get the job done right now and you don't have time to learn about a multi-track environment, there is a way to play with the levels after you've done your recording. And this only applies if you're not recording something that requires stereo, like a really good quality game or something like that where there are music and sound effects and the demo would really be spoiled if you turned that into mono. But if you're just demonstrating, say, a word processor or some application where stereo is not important, you can get set up so that you are in, say, the left channel and your speech is recorded on the right channel. And then you can separate those two channels into separate mono files and normalize them and potentially even apply EQ and compression that way and then bring the files back together. So that is one sort of hack that you can do with a stereo recorder. My optimal configuration for recording a demo using a screen reader that's on your computer in 2021, in this golden age in which we live, would be to purchase an audio interface with a loopback function. Now, when I talk about audio interface, it's what we used to call a sound card. Audio interfaces would normally plug into your USB port, and they have inputs and outputs on them, How many inputs and how many outputs will vary depending on how much you pay. One that is very popular and accessible is the Motu range. It's reasonably priced too, and they have the M2 and the M4. So an M2 will give you two inputs and two outputs. Normally, in a stereo configuration, that would give you a left and right input and a left and right output. But a feature that's really attractive with some of these new audio interfaces is a feature called loopback. And it's kind of similar to the stereo mix feature that we were just talking about, but it's a lot more flexible and it's easier to use as well. You can nominate an output that a particular input picks up from. So normally when you think about an input, you would think about a microphone that you have plugged in or a cable from one device to another device. But this is a virtual input that essentially says, when I select this virtual input in my recording software, I want you to actually record from one of the sources of my audio interface. So it's virtual. By doing this, you can record directly from your screen reader and for that matter, anything that's going through your computer. So in a multi-track environment like Reaper, you could have your microphone on one track and your text-to-speech engine on another track and you can balance them all out afterwards. You can make sure that all the levels are even. You can even apply different levels of equalization and dynamic compression to the different sources. So that's going to give you an exceptionally good result, and there are no cables involved other than, of course, plugging the microphone into your audio interface. That is a really nice way to record screen reader demos from your computer. 
And if you're going to be doing a lot of them, if you fancy being able to make a contribution to the community, then purchasing an audio interface with a loopback function is definitely worth your serious consideration. You can also get this feature in the Focusrite series. I have a Focusrite 8i6 here in the studio at the moment, and it's great, but it's not accessible. They are good about saving presets for you and helping you out, or you could use a service like Ira or a friendly neighborhood pair of working eyeballs, but it's not as good as having the ability to adjust it as you need to, which you can do with an accessible option like the Motu. But what if you've already got a perfectly good audio interface, but it doesn't have a loopback function? One thing you can do is run a cable from one of the inputs in your audio interface to, say, the built-in output of your PC or Mac. So it could be a headphone jack or a speaker output jack that gives you a line level. And then you can record separately that way. So that's another option. Yes, you can use a mixer as well. You could connect the mixer to your audio interface and then into the mixer, into one input, you would connect your microphone and you'd plug a cable into another input that would go to an audio output of some kind, either in the audio interface or potentially the built-in audio of your sound card. And then, assuming it is a cheap analog mixer or even an expensive analog mixer, you would need to make sure that the balance between your microphone and your speech, your screen reader speech, is correct. Once you get into cabling, then this takes us into recording a smartphone demo. Because usually you are going to have to have a cable that goes from something to your smartphone. Again, I think an audio interface is a really great, simple way to do this. Just have a cable that goes from one or two inputs of your audio interface, depending on whether you want stereo or not, to a 3.5mm headphone jack. If you're using mini phones these days, that will mean an adapter is necessary at the other end to connect to either a USB-C or a lightning port, depending on what phone you have. You can then record your screen reader demo. And again, this would allow you to use a multi-track editor so that you are on one track and your smartphone is on the other track. Now, some people do really good demos without going down the multi-track route. So multi-track isn't essential. I've already talked about the benefits of being able to balance you and your speech by taking a multi-track approach to your screen reader demo. But another reason is this thing that I talked about way at the top of this, not talking over your speech. This is a real occupational hazard in screen readers that use hints. And a lot of people choose to record demos say of the iPhone, where hints are on and it says double tap to open or some similar thing. These days I've got to the point where I turn hints off when I'm doing demos. In fact, I have hints off most of the time now. But if you're recording and you start waxing lyrically about a particular feature and then just as you've started, iOS interrupts and says double tap to open. If you're in a two-track environment and you're adhering to that golden rule of never talking over your screen reader, What are you going to do? You're going to have to go back and do it again or keep recording and edit it out later. But recording in a multi-track environment, you have a third option that's really good. Note that it said double tap to open, but just keep talking anyway. And then when you go back and you edit your product later before it's released to the world, you can delete the double tap to open from one track and just leave your narration as it was. So it's a huge time saver. And there's another benefit to this too. That is that as you review what you've recorded, you think, oh my goodness, I could have said that so much better, so much more succinctly. You can overdub 
your audio while leaving your iPhone's audio the same. And of course, this applies to any demo of a screen reader, whether it's on your PC or your smartphone, if you're recording in a multi-track environment. Once you master the learning curve of moving to a multi-track editor, whether it be Reaper or Amadeus or whatever, you will feel really constrained by going back to a usual two-track environment. Now, there are many gadgets that people are using to record various demos. I've used little microphones that have line inputs where they record you on one channel and whatever you've got connected to that line input on the other channel. So that is absolutely viable when you're only recording a mono demo. And then, of course, we could get into the whole area of portable recorders. I've used my Zoom F6 in recent times to record demos of things like new smart TVs or the Amazon Fire TV. And in that case, I take my Zoom F6 and I actually now just rip out one of the Heil PR40s from the studio, plug that into one of the inputs of the Zoom F6, and then I have a stereo cable going into my Sonos port, which is really geeky. But it does mean that I can record all sorts of demos. And again, that multi-track approach applies. I find that particularly handy when I'm recording in the field like that, because with Reaper, it's really easy to drop in and make a correction as you go. With in the field recording, it is not. So being able to keep going, even when the speech says something that you don't really need, knowing that you can take that speech out in post-production is a really cool thing. Now, at this stage of the Blind Podcasters Roundtable, we went into some very interesting questions, which unfortunately, due to a goof on my part, I didn't record correctly in Reaper. So my sincere apologies for that. I will check and double check next week. I guess you get into that mode sometimes where you've done something right a few times. That's a bit complicated. And then you start to get a bit lax and you think you've done it right and you haven't. We did discuss a range of really interesting topics in the Blind Podmaker room on Clubhouse, including Audio Hijack Pro with the Mac and what a powerful tool that is and Loopback. Also, Brian Hartgen chimed in with a really interesting point, which is that those with a hearing impairment often really appreciate it if you use phonetic pronunciation when you are describing a key you are pressing. So, for example, to save, I'm going to press Control S Sierra, and that does help people with a hearing impairment. So that's a really handy tip. There were lots of other good things discussed as well, which only goes to show it's good to be there and contributes to the discussion. And at this stage of the year, that discussion happens at 7 a.m. New Zealand time on a Monday morning. That equates to 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern time on Sunday, 8 p.m. on Sunday in the U.K. So I will do my best to bring you the full Blind Podcasters Roundtable next week. A reminder that you can subscribe to the Blind Podmaker email group for discussion about all these things. Send a blank email to creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. That's creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. And if you have any contributions for this podcast, demonstrating anything relating to podcasting, please feel free to be in touch. My email address is jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com. 